but try to share some of the things that I had prepared as we focus on worship, one of the five pillars of our vision here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church. In fact, last Sunday, David, uh, it's funny how after all that happened, there you had such a sense of humor, uh, I was able to go out and pray with him in the ambulance as they were preparing to take him to the hospital. And uh, the first responders were there, and, and David said, Pastor Bob, I'm so sorry that I disrupted your sermon. <laughs> and I said, I said, David, I could think, think of some other ways that you could have given me a week off of preparation. <laughs> so uh, nonetheless, um, we're, we're talking about worship. And in particular, I want to talk about how I believe many of us Christians today have lost our awe of God. We allow distractions to lose, to cause us to lose our sense of awe, and we get stuck. Worship, I believe, leads us to become awestruck. And a consistent commitment to worship can help us to get unstuck. Have you ever seen a shooting star? Nod your head if you, a lot of you have. Do you remember what you're supposed to say when you see a shooting star? Star of wonder, star of night, first star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might have this wish I wish tonight. For centuries, children of all ages have recited this nursery rhyme when they see that meteor falling to the earth. Recently, I happened to see a shooting star. It was the weekend after Thanksgiving. I was driving up the steep hill out of our neighborhood onto Coalfield Road there in Midlothian to fill our daughter Isabella's car with gas because she was leaving the next day back to college at James Madison University. As I approached the top of the hill, I saw a shooting star. Came right over the top of my car from east to west. I was heading west. And uh, it glittered like sparklers on the 4th of July. And Beth, it landed right over your neighborhood because we live near each other. I said, it's right near Beth. Now, it could have been way far, but to me, it was up close, very low, almost could touch it. I sat there, there was nobody behind me, so I just stopped my car for a while, and I marveled at what I had experienced, to see one so close. Star light, star bright, first star I see tonight, I wish I may, I wish I might have that wish I wish tonight. Very meaningful moment for me personally because I love the stargaze. I'll get the telescope out and stand on the front stoop or in the front yard and look up at Jupiter and its moons, Saturn and its rings, Mars, Venus. I have an astronomy app on my phone, you know, and you can hold it up 
and walk around, and it will show you exactly what's in the sky at that particular time. My neighbors, I wonder if they sometimes see me out there wandering around with my cell phone up in the air. What is he doing? But I know what I'm doing. My family knows what I'm doing. Love to say I look straight up due north, and I can see the Big Dipper and Polaris. When I come out of the YMCA in the morning after working out, the dawn is breaking, and I can see Venus there in the southeast sky, the brightest light in the sky. I wonder about the handiwork of God. The choir sung it. Psalm 8, verse 8, verse 3 and 4. Listen, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or Psalm 147, which was read last Sunday. The Lord determines the number of the stars and calls them by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Just look back in the, in the book of Genesis, and we're reminded of how God told Abram that his nation, his family, his nation would be far greater than the stars in the sky. You could never even count them. The God of Israel is so powerful that he speaks the stars into existence, so personal that God speaks promises to his people. And the star, the story of God's promises is written in the stars. Later, the scripture points us to a new king. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. Numbers 24, 17 in the story of Balaam. Hundreds of years later, the long-awaited king was born. And it was a star that led the Magi to Jesus. And Revelation 22 tells us that the end of all things in the New Jerusalem, quote, we will not need the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun because of Jesus, who is the bright morning star, will be our perfect and eternal source of light. Until that day, the stars point us to the star capital S who saves us. The heavens are a clarion call to us to worship the living God. I believe this is the awe that the Christians, the early Christians, were experiencing in the book of Acts. The word that Luke cho chose to use to describe what the new believers had been experiencing is the word phobos in the Greek. Phobos, it means fear. To be filled with awe means to fear or to revere or to be in awe of. It's sort of like the take the sandals off your feet like Moses at the burning bush kind of awe. And that's the kind of awe that I experienced last Sunday as you all prayed a miracle over our brother David. And how I saw people with different gifts and abilities come out of the congregation. Some had specific responsibilities. Others were here because God appointed them to be here on that day. And they came to the need of our dear brother. And the awe that I experienced when I saw you all called to prayer. And I heard later that there was a huge circle in the Family Life Center. People of faith here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church joining hands praying for David. And I've heard 
more stories and how our choir has just been so close and but even more close through this whole experience. And I stand in awe and I give God the glory. If you're taking notes, here are a few things you might want to write down. Awe directs our attention away from self. Awe of God, when we stand out in the night sky and look at the universe, at the heavens, awe directs our attention away from self. And I pray that as I stand out there in the night sky that I'm able to focus my attention more on God and less on myself. And awe leads us to wonder, to wonder, not to wander necessarily, but to wonder about it all. And some are led to a faith in God because they their wonder, third thing, leads them to worship. One, awe leads us to wonder, who made all of this? Where'd all this, what's this all about? And that Wonder leads us to worship, where we are able to be in the presence of God and other people singing his praises together. But here's one of my struggles. You know about light pollution, right? There are some places in our world, a lot of places right around us, especially metropolitan areas, where there's so much light at night that you can't see the stars. And you have to go out to a place out country, perhaps, where you can really see it. Distractions are like light pollution for the soul. Distractions, whether it's our phones or our work or I've got to do this, that, and the other, often those things are like light pollution to our souls, and they distract us from being in awe and in wonder and in worship, we can easily get out of the habit of worship and be about doing our own thing. I recently heard in an interview on a podcast that a, 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 lot, of, a lot of people who are believers get away from church because there's just so many other things and they just lose focus. They get distracted. And they get out of the habit. Others move to a new area. And they just get so busy with getting started in their new routines that they they don't have time to look for a church. And so my prayer is that our awe and wonder will be contagious to those who are around us. And people will not want to miss worshiping together that people would not want to miss being together on Sunday here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church or wherever it is that God calls them to worship, right? God, forgive me for the times that I allow distractions to get in the way and I lose my awe and wonder. Awe directs our attention away from being selfish prideful. It directs us away from being apathetic. It leads us to wonder, and wonder leads us to worship. Worship is where we meet in community, where we hear from God, where we are transformed through God's 
word and encouraged through the presence of others. And I ask myself, what's robbing me of my source of awe? I would invite you to join me in prayer about things that are like light pollution to your soul. What's distracting you from worship of God? What's distracting you from being in the presence of the gathered community of faith? I'm preaching to the choir because you all are here. But there are many of us who have lost our focus. And that we need to reclaim a posture of awe and wonder in this life which can lead us to worship. Perhaps begin right now. Decide to make worship a non-negotiable in your practice. No matter what, you might say, we're going to worship. Now, it may mean that you dial into the live stream every so often and so forth. We know that you can't be here every Sunday. But that worship is a non-negotiable in your household. Like Joshua, perhaps you will say, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served by the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, Joshua says, we will serve the Lord. All has a way of taking the attention off of ourselves and directing it to God. As we begin 2024, I pray that we will make worship a spiritual priority and that we will continue to be God's people to fulfill the vision and mission that he has for us here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church. And to understand that there are people who you're around that. You and I are around that. They don't know God. They, they may have never been in church. Or maybe they've fallen away from their practice of worship and being in the faith community. To be reminded that God has created within each human being a desire to know their creator. Ecclesiastes 3.11, God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also said eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. God has created hum- each one of us, every single human being, with the desire to know their maker. John Calvin called this the sensus divinitatis, the innate sense of God deep within the heart of every person. So no matter where you and I go, We are encountering people created in the image of God, deep within them, a desire to know God. And we might just be the person God helps to call them to awe and to wonder and to worship. May that be so. And may we do our part as we trust to God to do God's part. Amen. Thanks be to God. Can we pray together?